0: Hello and welcome to episode 25 of the Wildcast. We've reached it a quarter of a century. Um, there's some England cricketers out there that, you know, w- would want to get to that mark. And hey, we've done it. Tom, Joe, not been the most exciting of weekends in the world of British ice hockey in terms of results. But I'm going to go to you first. Tom, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, as you
1: say. Um, perhaps a weekend that we'd rather forget than talk about. But, you know, we've got to do, do the job, you know. And get on with it. Take the rough and the smooth, as they say. I mean, it also feels like autumn has arrived. With you know, the weather has very much changed since last week.
0: And it yeah, like- it was a like hockey season a bit now, doesn't it? Yeah, it's absolutely chucking it down as I look out the window to my left. Yeah. But we said that we were going to have times where we didn't have the best of results. I didn't expect it to be two or three weeks into this to the start of the season, but Joe. How are you in your part of the UK?
2: All the bad things hockey can bring always. I know work sucks and so did we this weekend.
0: <laughs> I think that's probably the best intro we've ever done on this uh, this podcast.
2: Yep, that's going to get us copyright done. <laughs> Tom Tom. Tom's broken. gone. The glasses <laughs> are off. Blink-182, the amount of times I wished i Blank watching the highlights
0: Yeah It was I mean you've revealed the episode's name There and people you know, hadn't quite Realised that it was going to be called All the bad things and obviously We say that in a little bit of Jest like it could Have been worse But it really wasn't great so let's kind of Let's kind of roll back To the start Friday night We were all excited to, to start The weekend early uh Joe, I know you've only seen the highlights today, so let's let's go to you, Tom. Um Swindon leads. I mean uh you can't really
1: sugarcoat the result. Um, you know, seven seven three home defeat. You don't want to see many of those. You're gonna you're gonna get those sort of results for sure over the course of the year. You don't want to see too many of them, certainly on home ice. Um I think it's safe to say it wasn't the best caps performance ever. I mean, I don't think it was the worst caps performance ever, but I don't think it was the best in any sense of the um, sense of the word. Um, obviously, you've got a team in Leeds who they've had the long journey on the Friday. You know, they I don't know when they got to the rink, but they seemed a bit late out for warm up as well, which was a- I
0: think they arrived about six ish. From and,
1: and yeah, they were there I mean, they were there when I arrived at the rink um, But yeah, obviously you, 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 It's frustrating because you fall behind You fall behind early You know, you're 2-0 down at the end of the first And then you're chasing the game against An extremely quick side And it just, you know Turns, unfortunately, into a rout Before you can before the Cats could even really get a foothold in the game um, You know, 4-0 down 5-1 um there were. It wasn't all. I don't think it was. I don't think it was all down to a poor performance. I think it was down to a poor performance. Something wrong. I think you also have to give Leeds credit. They were very good on the night and they were very clinical and took their chances. And equally, I think there is an element that we will have to talk about, which is the kind of the big moments didn't quite go the Cats' way. They didn't get the luck. They didn't get the big one decision. The one big decision in the game, and you can't blame officials for a seven-three defeat. But there is a key moment, which we will talk about later. (laughs)
2: uh, (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, can I just jump in here? So, obviously, I wasn't there Friday. I obviously, for most of the games I can't get to, I rely on Tom for his brilliant updates that he gives me. And my personal highlight of the night was, we managed to pull it back to 5-3. We start really well in the third period, and he sends me a message like we are throwing the absolute kitchen sink at this must have sent it and then he used to go Tom Graham is typing and it pops up 10 seconds later oh never mind 6-3
0: <laughs> yeah I think I think you're right Tom I think there is an element of look. we're not going to lie about it we played poorly yeah um, absolutely. and for I would probably argue of the 60 minutes I'd probably say 45 minutes of it we were, we were not good there, there were times where we looked good where we put pressure on we get the chance Gospel makes a big save. The puck doesn't quite bounce properly. Yeah. Or, or the, the defender blocks it or what. And then it, within 30 seconds, it felt like Leeds managed to extend their lead at that point. And it, it felt like one of those nights. Yeah. But like I said, there's there's probably going to be a couple of talking points that, uh, that, that will crop up. But we'll come back to that in a second because yeah. I'm going to say, Joe, you've seen the highlights. What were your thoughts?
2: So when... I first obviously found out you guys were doing the podcast and you said you wanted me to come on every now and then. We all said the same thing. It was like, we have to be able to make the fun of, our, of ourselves and how we play it and how we do this. And we have to obviously acknowledge when the team is bad and rather than crowing when the team is good. And Friday night was one of those nights where everything that could have gone wrong did all the bounces, as Tom, and Tom told me and Ben has told me beforehand, went his <laughs> went way. Some of the goals, if you see it on the highlights, are not the greatest examples of Wildcats hockey you are likely to see this <laughs> year. They are probably up there with some of the worst. Um, I said it to you, Ben, the other day when we were talking about it, it's like it just feels from watching the highlights at the moment, we're always that half a step slower to react to everything than everybody else is at the moment. And also, I know we made a point, obviously, in pre-season, we missed an entire line because of, you know, certain things. The lines, the lines we've got at the moment aren't working particularly well and everything just feels a bit out of touch at the moment, I want to say. It's not clicking. We're usually slow, but this is, this is painfully slow. It
0: it uh it does feel like it's, and I think I said this to both of you actually. When it clicks, it's gonna click really well, because there is glimpses of it on all, on all the lines. To be fair, and that's that's not a, it's not a criticism on on any individual. There's I think there's a couple of players that'll probably be frustrated. They have maybe haven't got a couple of points under their belt after four games of competitive hockey, or the the level of points they probably wanted after four games of competitive hockey. Um, but, yeah, like, like you said, Joe, it, everything that could have gone wrong did. Usually you'll see, you know, Nas- National League hockey, you're never going to see perfect perfect hockey. Like, you know, these aren't NHL players. But usually we see a cut, one goal like that, maybe two goals like that. It felt like in that game, literally every goal was like that. Um, and it's kind of rare it happens. But, I mean, Tom, you've probably got other things to add on what Joe and I have just said there. So I'll throw the mic back to you.
1: Yeah, I mean yeah, it did feel like one of those nights where just mistakes were being punished bounces were being punished Leeds scored a couple of really nice goals as well, it has to be worth saying um, but yeah, it did feel like when I was, it just feel, as I think it's right, it does feel a bit disjointed at the moment from the Cats, and I don't think that's necessarily the be-all and end-all we have to kind of everything we say on this episode has to be kind of kind of qualified by the fact that it is one weekend. Um, we have been, we were pretty good defensively the weekend before. So it's not as if it's been every single game since the challenge games that we've played like that. It is one weekend where everything has gone horribly wrong. And hopefully, you know, there can be a bounce back, but it does feel that it's a little disjointed at the moment. It does feel that maybe things aren't quite as the lines. have. I don't think the lines have clicked in quite the way we expected them to. All right. I don't, we, we, we're not going to blame names, but I think you look at the top two lines, I don't think, you know, the Bebris, Svek, Jones connection, I think Svek and Jones have linked up really well so far. I don't think Bebris has quite settled on that on that pairing with Svek just yet. I don't think balint Pekosy, and has quite had the same level of success with mcnella Malazinski as we saw in the Spring Cup. That may just be a temporary blip. That may just be teams have kind of cottoned onto that line a little bit more and it needs freshening up so i think there's elements that definitely need more work um, but it is early season um it's it is one weekend and ultimately we're kind of i suppose in the long term lucky that this is, is i think just the autumn cup obviously we want to do well in the autumn cup but it's not going to impact on the league and playoffs that weekend so there are there are things that kind of do make it less of a blow what happened
2: As Tom says, we've got to remember, it's one weekend. Yes, it's been a disastrous weekend, and we're only at game one of it so far. But Leeds, in particular, is one team I don't think you could afford to have a game that bad against. Mm -hmm. Because we said it in pre-season, we said it every time we were previewing them as well. This team is built with speed in mind. And if you go back and watch the highlights of most of those goals, it's the speed they come at us which has killed us.
0: Uh I, I agree. But I I asked this question to both of you because I was thinking this the other day and I, I don't know how you feel about it. Leads, we said in all our previews and our build-up pieces to these weekends, probably aren't necessarily as deep as some other teams out there. They're quick, they're fast, they're 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 absolutely lightning. And I'm not gonna suggest this is gonna be the case or whatever for for you know, because I think it would, but it'll be interesting to see how they get on three, four months into a league season, having played like that every single night. And I don't want to say they've burnt themselves out because they've got some really young players there that are going to have bags of energy, but all it's going to take is every team will go through it. Uh, a couple of injuries, uh, maybe some COVID related absences, maybe in the, the case of Leeds, you've seen it this weekend, Ben Solder gets called up to the storm uh, if a couple of guys get injured in the Steelers, does Cole Shudra get called up? Does Brandon Whistle get called up? I, I, I think they're going to be... I think this, the Autumn Cup is all arguably made for them if they want it. It will be interesting to see how they get on in the second half of a league season into a playoffs, but that's just my, my thought as I was thinking of it over the weekend and how they played and, and stuff like that. I don't know what you guys think to that.
1: Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean, we can't obviously predict the future we can't say for sure that's going to happen but I do think you look at the roster if they're, they're light on numbers compared to other teams I do think the one thing that's really going to hurt them potentially is injuries um, if you get a, a couple of guys who get kind of any sort of longish term injuries then you're going to struggle to replace them obviously they do have the flip size that they don't have any imports so we know that getting imports in can be tricky but they have the option to bring imports in if they do need depth later in the year um, there's obviously good Brits out there as well that they can kind of call on, on from lower divisions or guys who are out currently sat out of, you know, sport and they could, might come in on a short-term sort of deal to help the numbers. But, yeah, they do have options there. But, yeah, I think as the roster is built at the moment, I think they've got, in terms of specialists, 7D, nine forwards. Obviously, you got a couple of guys there who can play either, either end of the ice. But, um, yeah, I do think depth could be the issue. And also the key bit of depth is the netminder. Obviously, they've got a very young backup in Harrison Walker. um, And I don't know if Sam Gospel gets hurt, whether they have a really... You know, I think Sam Gospel is so key to them. I think if he were to go down, they'd be in serious trouble.
0: No, I I agree. I'm going to ask this question to you, Joe. Uh, Kieran Brown... How good is he in relation to everybody else in this league?
2: I mean, you, you can't deny at the moment, the kid has started like a house on fire. Um, is it nine points through the weekend? No, uh, it was definitely six on Saturday. Well, I, I, could say, I could say this now because at the time of recording, the game sheet for Sunday night has just gone online and you've got three in that one as well. So you add that to his tally. he's got 12 points in three games so far during the Autumn Cup. And the vast majority of that is five on five, and you see some of the goals he scored in all of the games they've played so far, and they are outstanding for this level. He is, when fit, obviously that is a caveat for everything. When fit, he is arguably one of the top forwards in this league. I'd say easily top fifteen, maybe even top ten.
1: And linking that to the to the um, point we just made about the number on the roster, he's a he's he's a top player in this league. He's got some really good players alongside him. And he's playing big minutes because they don't have a huge amount of depth. He's going to be playing huge minutes every night, so he's going to be on the ice a lot. So not only is he going to be racking up points, but he's got massive opportunity to rack up points. So I don't think you can sustain a four-point-a-game pace over the course of the season, but there's no reason why you can't sustain a two-point-a-game pace over that sort of over that sort of time period. And Kieran Brown's one of those guys who I think could, just based on the situation he's in,
2: Obviously, I will say we were talking about four-point-a-game pace. That is unheard of. So, as far as I've been tracking it, most guys can keep it up for around about two weekends. Because, obviously, like I say, is a lot of physical exertion. Most of it will peter down to usually two-point-a-game for the top-end players, which is what we saw from players like Aaron Nell, Jason Hewitt last year, to a lesser extent, uh, Dominic Goodbye when he came in. Uh, Brown last year before the injury which I can't off the top of my head remember what it was but I know it was bad uh, was
0: it his wrist or am I getting confused to someone else
2: might have been but was I believe somewhere around the 1.7 1.8 a game point uh, point, per game pace mm. which as anyone who has looked at the Elite Prospects website will know that, that is again top right. 10 pl- up points per game in the league
0: yeah, I mean that's a that's a hundred point pace. Uh, it. Well, where do you think, Tom? The, the cats. Let's kind of forget what happened Sunday for a minute. What what what's different this weekend? What what do we change up from last week?
1: I mean, I think. It's I mean it's difficult. I think obviously you don't concede fourteen goals in two games. I think is easy answer, but obviously I think I'm just, just being picky.
2: I think you go back
1: to basics. I think the I think if I'm Aaron now, I'm telling the team to go back to basics. You know, I'm focusing on structure because I think there were times where we struggled to get the puck out of the zone and ended up running around a bit. So you focus on the basics of keeping your shape. You you kind of get that get the puck clear of the blue line. And I think you get pucks to the net. Um, um I know Joe is the man on the stats, and I know our shooting percentages lower than usual far lower than usual in terms of shots to goal ratio at the moment. So I think you get pucks to the net, you, you test the net minders and the goals are going to come eventually because you again, we talk about Kieran Brown scoring at a high rate. The cats are currently still scoring at what I would say is an unsustainably low percentage in terms of the amount of shots they're creating. So I think, I don't think you need to radically change anything. I think you may maybe also shuffle the lines slightly just to, you know, Try and mix things up, but I think, yeah, if I'm Aaron, uh, I'm saying you know, go back to basics, get the pucks in the zone, get pucks on net, try going to make sure you get guys in the slot in front of the net, get the traffic there, and just you're going to score hopefully a few
2: scruffy goals, and that will get some confidence back in the team. Don't worry, Ben. I'll take this one from here, shall I? Uh, the
0: is the mic is yours, my friend?
2: Ten goals in four games, two and a half goals for average 17 against 4.25 uh, 10 goals for the wildcats on 147 shots There's an average of 6.8 success rate uh for the record during the last three years while i've been doing this without a website the wildcats scoring rate never dropped below 12 so at this point it has never gotten above 12 <laughs> uh safe percentage is also another one we can touch on um It's 148 shots against 17 goals. It's a percentage of 0.885 as a team. That's between Rennie and Dino. Obviously, that covers the Leeds game and the game we haven't talked about yet, which you were the only one of us to see. Yes. Uh,
0: Sheffield, Saturday night. Kind of went into that game with every hope of the boys bouncing back. Uh, When I spoke to Aaron Friday night, it was... Understandably it was quite soon after the game finished. I think there was an element of
2: do not I I d I don't I don't know in interrupt you, obviously. No, I, but you're saying about uh, you spoke to Irisley Aaron after the game and most of my most of what I get from Catskin is obviously watching you interview Aaron. He seemed rather annoyed with the performance, and from what you've told me, it was more than somewhat annoyed. It was rather miffed, shall we say. He,
0: I think it's safe to say, and I, for the people that may or may not know, uh, when I do those interviews with Aaron, they are usually within 10 minutes of the final buzzer. It is incredibly quick and it's always incredibly raw, whether we've won, whether we've lost. And I've done that after, well, I've done that after games where we've won trophies and I've done it after games where we've been, we all remember that game in Peterborough a couple of years ago in the playoffs, and that was just about as raw and as emotional as I think it could possibly have been. Um, and I'm not going to say any more than that. Um, yeah, he was—he was definitely annoyed. But then I don't think—I think that's the right attitude, completely the right attitude to have. I think we'd have—we'd have as a as a fan base been annoyed. I think if Aaron had come out and said anything other than what he did, to be honest, I don't think he said anything too bad, I think he said everything was fair, you know, like Tom said earlier, oh, you've got to give credit to Leeds, they had the, the long trip, the, the tough game, the, the bus legs the, the traffic, the the everything, thankfully for Leeds it was before everyone couldn't get any petrol or anything so they, <laughs> know, they managed to make it okay but um,
2: less yeah, said the, about that petrol disaster the better, <laughs>
0: yeah, we'll, we'll come on to that later I'm sure um, yeah, I if I think I do think if we'd have Got through that power play at the start of the game, I think it would have been a different context. I think if maybe Eddie had scored the penalty shot, I think it would have been a slightly different game. Yeah. We can if but and so maybes this all for, for hours. Um, but bottom line, yeah, he, he was miffed. Uh, he was definitely looking for a reaction on Saturday. Uh, and for the first 20 minutes on Saturday, I think he got it.
2: So I can, I can do the leading for Saturday, can't we? So obviously, anyone who knows me knows I work with the Solent Devils. Tom didn't go to Sheffield and instead came down to watch the Solent game with me. Ben, why weren't you in Sheffield on Saturday? Why were you watching it on a stream?
0: I was. I was at home Saturday. Uh, Combination of anniversary. No, 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 no. You're not
2: getting out of that nods. The actual reason, if you're not going to say it, come on. We all know that it was just the first part.
0: No, 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 no. Honestly, it was, it was, it was, it was, I, wait, I couldn't get petrol. I wasn't doing a 300 mile round trip in my car. <laughs> if that had been uh, Slough, You were offered
2: a spot on the bus.
0: I nearly nice I nearly said it. That was, uh, I nearly said the B word. If it had been Slough or Basingstoke or somewhere local, then, then I'd have jumped in the car. But for a 300 mile round trip, no chance. Tom. I it. mean, I think
1: it is the benefit of the world that we live in now where there is you know, streaming facilities in most national league rings is that on those scenarios where you can't make it, you can still watch the game and you can still, um yeah, you know, four, five or six years ago, most teams weren't doing that. And yeah, there is a, there is a be- definitely a benefit to having that as a um, away fan for those journeys where you can't, uh, you, you know, hockey on a stream. I've, I've seen enough streams now to last a lifetime, but um. You know, there's, no, then, there's nothing, nothing beats, wrong
2: with streaming games, Tom. Yeah, I've commentated nothing, on them. Ben's done interviews. We nearly commentated on one.
1: Yeah, nothing beats nothing. Yeah, but nothing. I think we can all agree nothing beats hockey in a ring, particularly after the last few few weekends of being back. But yeah, it's great that we are, have got that option now. I think that's yeah. You know, obviously, otherwise none of us would have been able to watch the game, and this would be a very very short segment.
0: No, it would. But yes, Saturday. Uh, like I said, we, Aaron wanted a reaction. I think, I think for for the most part of the first period, he absolutely got it. I thought the boys played well. They were they seemed, they seemed up for it. Which, let's be honest, they had to be after after Friday night. Um, and again, we had the long trip. They had we'd played a game. They hadn't. Uh, you know, we can if buts, some maybes again or, or as much as you like. But uh, so the end of the first period, but two went up. Emil Schweck has scored two really nice goals. Uh, the first one, kind of a mirror. I know you guys have both seen it now, so I, the best way for me to describe it is pretty much a mirror of the breakaway that Leeds had, which led to their fifth. It, it, was, it was a pinch at the blue line, and Emil's one-on-one comes through and yeah. just goes top left over over uh, Zemosdra uh, to open scoring. They... They they equalize through through Matt Beeson out on the power play, uh, but again Emil scores again and he he breaks down the left. It was very diff to, it was it was very different to the other goals we've seen him score. Uh, he was he was breaking out of the zone. He sped down the wing and again this one he sniped it under the arm of Zim Astra from from the hash marks, and again it was I think it was kind of turning into a two on one break. But to be honest, as soon as he picked the puck up, there was only one thing he was going to do. And yeah, we went into that first break. I'm um, pretty happy, uh, probably deservedly in the lead. I think a, a one-goal lead was probably fair. I don't think there was any kind of domination of the game, which led, which could have seen us be more than one up. Um, and then the second period happened. And we talked earlier about bounces not going the Cats' way at key times and and things just kind of seeming like the hockey gods were against us to a point this weekend. And like I said earlier, it's not the excuse for the whole, the whole thing because we didn't play didn't play that well uh, at times at all. Um, but there's a... I think I can't remember which way around the goals were. I was hoping the Steel Dogs would have put some highlights out just to remind myself. But one of them, there's a couple of guys crashing the net. The puck makes its way in front of Rennie and it takes a deflection off something. It's not a stick. Was it a skate? I think Rennie seemed to be fairly convinced there was something from what I could see on the stream of a um, be it a, a kick in or a man in the crease or something. But it kind of the puck squirms between his legs and the game's tied. Within a minute, two minutes, they they managed to find a two-on-one break, and I think it was Stevie Whitfield was the defenseman. Uh, he's kind of caught in no man's land. Do you go to the puck? Do you sit on the guy at the back door? Do you sit in the middle and hope you can block it? Sits in the middle, the pass comes across, it bounces off the back of his leg and goes past Rennie, who's sliding post to post, uh, moving across, ready for the the near shot. And before you know it, the Cats have gone from a one-goal lead to a one-goal deficit on two goals where the opposition haven't taken a shot. And it just kind of felt like... Was going bad to worse. Then before you know it, it's three, and then the fourth. Well, before you know it, it's three and the two-goal game. Uh, we put Dino in. Dino comes in. His first shot, he has to face an absolute snorter of a slap shot from Matt Bisonet. No chance. Don't think any netminder in the league would have had it. Should he have had the space he did out on the wing? Probably not. But I think at that point, the right was on the wall, and a couple of goals late in the in the third period, when I think, to be honest. The boys probably would have, by the time those ones went in, just wanted to get out of the weekend and have their Sunday off. Um, that that was kind of Saturday, really. Um, yeah, I mean, I know you guys didn't didn't see it. You were having a much more entertaining night down in uh down on the south coast. But your thoughts, Tom?
1: Yeah, I mean, you've, I think you've said said it. Where with the kind of I've, I've not again at the time of recording the steel dogs haven't put highlights up yet so i haven't see, had a chance to see the um see the goals but you've said there that the kind of two goals that turn the lead into a deficit were kind of uh, you know bounces that have kind of gone in you know off skates and you know sticks or whatever you know not really proper shots and momentum is a funny thing in hockey and we kind of talked about it with the Southern devils comeback a couple of weeks ago that a game can change really quickly and we saw it on Saturday with a decision or Friday with a decision that didn't go it went against the Cats leads then extend the lead so from a two-goal game it was actually become a four-goal game you've seen it there a one-goal game has become a one-goal game in the other direction without a shot being a proper shot being taken and at that point you start thinking oh here we go again and before you know it games out of hand so Momentum, yeah, momentum is a funny thing in hockey and there is an element of you have to play well to earn your luck, but equally, when your luck is out, nothing is going to go your way. And I think we saw a bit of both of those over the weekend. We didn't play perhaps well enough to to deserve a bit more luck against Leeds, but also we've had absolutely nothing over those two games to you know, give us that bounce to get us back into a game.
0: Joe, what were your thoughts on, on Saturday? Again, I know you were you were mightily busy doing your job down with the Devils, but what's your thoughts?
2: It's just... You see, honestly, you, you do that whole thing. If you're not a game, everyone does the exact same thing. They're all on Twitter. They're all frantically refreshing to get updates. And honestly, you see 2-1, you're thinking, yes, like something is going right. And then you put your phone in your pocket, you come back to it half an hour later, and it's 5-2, Sheffield. It's just... It, it's one of those weekends. We usually used, we have used to have them years ago. It's just I don't know what it is. It feels odd now. I'm used to watching the Wildcats get slapped one and every two weekends, or, or mm-hmm. either they'd lose on the Saturday or and they win on the Sunday. And I think I've just gotten used to the last three or four years where that hasn't been the case. We haven't been particularly blown out in both games of a weekend. We haven't had bad performances in both games of a weekend. We've usually come out of it with something positive. So I think it's just weird that it's like, for the first time in years, we've had something where it's just like, we've conceded 14 in a weekend. When was the last time we did that? <laughs> it's, it's, it's genuinely mad. So I think, I'm, I don't know about you guys, but it's you see that score coming Saturday and you wake up Sunday thinking, I know, obviously, Ben, you and a friend have a saying, it was like, the, the sun will come up, every, even regardless of the result kind of thing. I woke up Sunday, and I was still miserable, because again, you reminded, oh yeah, they've lost, I've lost, great, 14 goals in two games, I've watched so concede seven, brilliant, seven's just following me around this weekend. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think it's just a case of I'm not used to the Wildcats being horrific for two games in a weekend I'm used to it being one or the other I've yeah it's weird I've gotten used to us being you know good
1: <laughs> yeah I, don't, I mean I don't think I don't think we can say obviously I don't think this is a bad Wildcats team I think they will come good at you know at some point and there are definitely positives to take out of the kind of maybe not so much this weekend but over the first two weekends of the regular season there's definitely plenty there's positives I mean Emil Speck has settled into the country probably quicker than any of us would have expected, and you know already leads the Wildcats in scoring. He arguably needs support from some of the guys you would expect to be up there with him in terms of particularly goal scoring. I know um, there's guys there with points, but I think no one other than Speck and Chris Jones have really have got past one in terms of goals. So that's something that we will want to be seeing over the um, coming weeks. But there's definitely positive signs and I don't think, you know, as bad as the results were at the weekend, I don't think it's necessarily the time for panic yet. I think you've now got two weeks before the league season starts. We're not out of the autumn cup. It's gonna be very hard to get through in the autumn cup. But you can kind of hit reset now and just take the lessons from the weekend and hopefully kick on. And I agree that this isn't a this is it kind of feels worse because it's not such a regular occurrence anymore as it was maybe six or seven years ago that we have over the last three or four years been a very consistent size and i think that you know guys i think that goes back to the coaching and the players deserve an awful lot of credit for how consistent they have been over the last kind of three or four seasons um and being getting a far more competitive product on the eyes every single week but um yeah no i think there's definitely obviously it's not a good weekend and we've talked a lot about the negatives but i think there are a few positives, and I think the other player that actually I haven't mentioned before I pass back to Ben was, I think we Ben and I have both talked about this a little bit this week, Sam Smith has looked really, really good um, in our defensive group, and I think he's a guy who's he's only going to get better as he settles in more and gains the experience. He's still a young lad, and I think he's got the potential to be a really big piece of this team um, as the year goes on and hopefully into the future, because... Again, he's a young guy. He's got to kind of link his game together. The parts are there. And it's just a case of, you know, the whole defensive unit worked great over the weekend, obviously, when you can see 14 goals. But there's definitely kind of positives there. And it's just a case of linking into the group and linking his own game up.
0: Yeah, I was actually going to turn on to you both and say, it feels like, not that we're wanting to be negative, but let's kind of put the, the positive spin on it. And one thing I would say is, it's happened in the spring cup. We had that weekend with Telford where it did not go well. And the one thing that Swindon teams tend to do quite well is bounce back. Uh, you know, I'm going to put a little, and it goes back to what to what Joe said the last few years, we haven't done this. We haven't really been blown away two games in a row and we have now. Um, so I'm going to put a little asterisk on that for, uh, see what happens in Milton Keynes on Friday. If we were in Milton Keynes on Friday, that's a hard.
2: I was, I was just going to say this as well. It's like, I'm used to, when we first all started meeting up and going to games together, we would go to places like Guildford, no, th- expecting us to get absolutely slapped. And we'd still go and have fun. And we wouldn't mind if we lost. It's like, we just had a weekend where we've gone and got absolutely slapped in two games. And it's like, oh, now I'm depressed <laughs> Yes, like I say, it is
1: it is and, I, and yeah, it's a huge credit to the club for where they were to where they are now. Um, you know, we we'd go to Basenstoke and expect, you know, to not do well. We'd go to Manchester and expect to get, you know, heavily beaten. And
2: And I've done that trip from Southampton. Exactly. That's not
1: <laughs> fun. And more to the point, it we'd didn't have teams, it didn't happen. More to the point, we'd have teams come to the link and we'd expect to lose heavily um we were the we were the massive underdogs and i think that's the difference is we lost heavily at home and that just hasn't happened much maybe two or three times in the last couple of seasons we've had a couple of really bad defeats we had one against we obviously at the Telford in the spring cup and we also had one a couple of years ago as well where we got had a just had a bad night on home ice but we haven't really had those on on home ice for a couple of years and it is a huge credit to the um, to the club um, where we're at and i do think I think I, I do, you know, as much as it was easy for me to be negative on Friday night and early on on this podcast, I do think there's a lot of potential in this Wildcats team and this weekend hasn't changed that view. I think we just have to maybe dial back our expectations, realise how competitive the league is right now and realise that it is going to potentially take a few weeks to,
0: for everything to settle down. I think that's, that's kind of hit the nail on the head there. I think we all said the league was going to be competitive and I think... We've now seen four games where we've absolutely proved that. And do I think there's going to be another weekend over the course of the season where the Cats get like they did this last weekend, just gone? I really hope not. Do I see a scenario where at some point, put it, let me rephrase that, put it this way, I don't think we're going to go through to the playoffs now and not have a zero point weekend again in this league with the teams we're yeah. playing against. It's going to happen. It might not happen quite the way it did, but there are nine very, very good hockey teams. Um, and we said that when we tried to put a league table together. And yeah, you know, sorry, bees, we know we had to pick someone as last, but they're, they're, they showed two weeks ago when we were down in Slough that they're they're not they're not a team that's gonna take a wooden spoon start of the mm-hmm. season. They could easily make that eighth playoff spot or, or higher. Um so let's let's kind of move away from last weekend. Joe, the news.
2: Yes, it's the quick catch-up or whatever name we want to call this. So last weekend, anything that wasn't Wildcats-based, you had the Basingstoke Bison three, the Raiders Ice Hockey Club four in overtime, an overtime winner from everyone's favourite Raider, Aaron Connolly. I'm sure he didn't celebrate that at all. Twenty seconds to go in overtime on what was a friend of the, well, friend of all three of us and a friend of many Wildcats fans. Dan Malone's three hundred fiftieth game for the Bison. Woo! Love you, Dwee. Love you, Dwee. Peterborough Phantoms 5, Bees Ice Hockey Club 7 in what could be seen as a shock. Not so much that the Bees win, the fact that there was 12 goals in this game from two teams that didn't look like they could hit an elephant's backside with Banjo last weekend. Uh, 3 for 5 on a power play for Phantoms, 2 for 3 for the Bees, a hat-trick from Bailey Harewood, a player who didn't get much ice time last year with the Bison, Already has more points this year. Uh, that's three with three goals from them. Another standout performance from Morgan Clark-Pizzo for the Phantoms as well. This is someone who could be quite good at this level. Three points for him. Uh, Jordan Mar bad nightly offers for him. 13 saves in 43 minutes. 7.65 save percentage. Uh, Ryan Bainbridge giving up three goals on seven shots for the Phantoms as well. 5.71. Running off the Saturday night, Telford Tigers 5, Milton Keynes Lightning 2. Uh, the Lightning... Honestly, never really got going in this one, giving up three for four on the power play in the first period alone. Two goals for Jason Silverthorne, one for Jonathan Weaver. Just there, four points over, overall on the night for Jonathan, for Jonathan Silverthorne? Jason Silverthorne. Too many Js.
0: Don't get him confused, Joe.
2: Oh, I can't. I don't want to. Sunday... Bees Ice Hockey Club 2, Sheffield Steel Dogs 5. Sheffield round off their four-point weekend, travelling down to Slough and coming away with two points. So two empty net goals at the end. Uh, goal from Allmarker and goodbye. The imports again for the Bees turning it up for Sheffield. It was a three-point night once more for Jason Hewitt. Biggest talking point of the night apparently wasn't on the ice. It was on a stream where the Bees were calling them the Sheffield Steelers all night, and the Steel Dogs really didn't like it. No, that doesn't count as me calling them the Steelers. I'm just reporting it, okay?
0: No 50. <laughs> uh,
2: Raiders Ice Hockey Club 2, Peterborough Phantoms 4. Peterborough bounced back with a win despite giving up two goals early on. Thanks to Pietak and Sylvester for the Raiders. But again, bounce back goals, two from Glenn Billing, one from Morgan Clark Pizzo again, there's that name again, and one from Will Weldon gave the Phantoms a lead. As I'm writing it as I'm reading this. The Leeds Knights Telford Tigers game sheet has just gone online. Leeds will beat Telford 5-2 in the end, three points again for Kieran Brown, two for Matt Davis, and two goals for Brandon Whistle. In again, what could possibly be seen as an upset considering how well everyone predicted Telford to do? But again, Leeds keep steamrolling their way. Uh Leeds top the national table. I believe I have it as at the moment. With Sheffield, the only teams left unbeaten, Basingstoke in third on five points, Telford occupied the last semi final spot on four. Uh, in other news, uh, disaster befell, pop- well, last weekend for Milton Keynes and possibly this weekend. We're not sure at the time we're recording this, when their ice plant failed. The South One game for the Thunder against the Chiefs on Saturday was called off, and shortly after the Lightning game against the Bison was also called off. Um, there's been no update since that. Uh, We don't know what's going to carry on there. Uh, In South 2, last weekend, we couldn't give you the Wildcats 2 result because that hadn't been uploaded yet, but this week it has. and They lost 7-1 to the Guildford Phoenix. Uh, The only goal for the Wildcats 2 scored by Mason Lipsy for the Phoenix. It was goals everywhere, but obviously the standout name, as everyone looks for on Guildford Phoenix game sheets, was a stunning performance from, and I'm going to annoy Ben here, arguably the greatest Premier League goalkeeper Ever Petacek posting a 964 save percentage for the Guildford Phoenix, and the one that I'm going to finish us off with. I mean, we did call this show all the bad things for Wildcats reasons, and we're going to touch on the one that we felt like we have to talk about. Which, if any of you, I mean, most of you might not have seen it so far but there was a case from the Ukrainian Hockey League over the weekend um, featuring a player whose name I have forgotten because I'm trying to find it now, Artyom Deniskin, who for some reason has decided to make a banana-eating gesture towards a black ice hockey player, Jason Smerik, from the hockey club Donbass. And we obviously bring it up because we're... We've known each other for years and we know obviously how each other think. And there's no place in sport for anything like racism or homophobia or transphobia. So we were rather annoyed with this to begin with. And then he posted an apology online. And this is possibly the worst apology I think I've ever heard for an act that was so egregious. Uh, I'll read it out because for anybody who hasn't seen it. I would like to express a public apology to the player of the Donbass Hockey Club, Jalen Smerik, during the match Kremenchuk donbass I, being in negative emotions, showed a gesture that someone might consider as an insult in racial affiliation. I respect all people, regardless of race or nationality. Emotions in hockey are unfortunately different. What are your two's thoughts on that? The whole incident, the pathetic apology, because if I say anything, I'm going to get ranty.
1: Well, yeah, um, I think you pretty well covered that. I mean, there's, let's just say, there's no place for racism, homophobia, or anything like that in sport, um, any sport, um, particularly hockey. Um, I'm, I think we're all, I don't think any, I, I've never kind of come across something quite as bad as this in an ice rink um, in, a, in a hockey game. And it really is, it's shocking and is also, it's just a bit sad really to kind of see someone who is quite as, you know, it's sad that he is, that player, is quite as uneducated on the, situ- the whole issue as, he, he's, he's seen, he, as, he's, as he's shown himself to be. That say that the, the gesture, if you've seen the video online or if you haven't seen the video online, the gesture is disgusting, the apology is disgusting get that guy out of our sport we don't want we don't want to see people like that want to hockey anymore ban him. ban him that's as simple as that ban him Get. and 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 to make things worse by all accounts he's an international player for the ukraine as well so he's represented his country so if you're not suspending him at least get him out of that national team don't give him the honor of representing his international side again um yeah ban him we don't want him
0: it's certainly something i uh I never thought we'd have to cover on this podcast and just horrific. There's no other words to describe it. Uh, yeah, The less the less said about it, the better. You will not find us sharing the video. Um, but... No. The
2: only reason we were, we felt it was something we had to we, somewhat we, discuss. We always said,
0: show. yeah, 100%. We'll Like you know, there's okay. we, we're, we're always talk about that kind of stuff, but yeah. I like, like you both it said. It's the
2: thing disgusting. is as well, the thing is as well, so... I and Ben and to a lesser extent Tom are involved in a lot of sports in a lot of places at a lot of different levels. And there's been this big thing in the last two years, two, three years, rightly so, about the inclusion of minority athletes in sports. And ice hockey is one that is very limited in the minorities it draws in. And I, I don't understand how... You can be a person with that much hate in your heart to do something like that because of the colour of someone's skin. and I've seen players in all sports, be it hockey, be it cricket, be it basketball, be it football, be it whatever else you can go and find. It does not matter the colour of their skin, the age they are and on how good they are. Saturday night, me and Tom were sat in Solent watching the Devils play. Stratton have a player called Malik Martelli. It genuinely, he is brilliant. At seventeen, playing as a D man in his first year of playing senior hockey, he is amazing. And I know I'm singing out there. There are players all over the place that you could do that for, like. Hockey needs to be inclusive. It cannot afford to not be inclusive. The way that sports obviously go around countries nowadays and expand their games is through inclusion. So to see something like that, just it turns people off, and rightly so.
1: Yeah, and you would never. I mean, I hope. I I sincerely hope we never see anything like that on a in a British rink. Um. I, yeah. Like I say, hopefully we never see that. As you say we we need we need we need people everyone who wants to be involved in hockey to have the opportunity to be involved in hockey and yeah we definitely don't want to see see that in in the uk or anywhere but particularly obviously for our personal perspectives in the uk um,
0: yeah no uh, absolutely so this coming weekend let let's assume we can go to milton king's on, on friday <laughs> Uh, a, because let's hope the rink's fixed. B, let's hope that our wonderful travel partners, Barnes, can uh, can source some petrol or diesel or whatever it is that the
2: coach uses. Um, and see that you can get some petrol as well.
0: Yes, see if I can get some petrol. <laughs> uh, it's getting a bit tight, especially by the end of the week. Um, what do we think? What, what are we expecting Friday in, in a quick... Quick couple of words. What are we expecting Friday? And Saturday, um, a home to our favourite favourite opposition, the Peterborough Phantoms.
1: Um, MK, we know they're going to be tough. We know they've got a, you know, high, high powered top six. Don't know if Liam Stewart's
0: completed a suspension or not, um, but even without him, I'd say he probably hasn't because weren't we supposed to be the game he came back for and then they've missed one. Yes. Yes. So the so, postponed yeah, game is, is
1: still and um, it's still like going to be suspended, but they still have plenty of skill. They added James Archer, um, in a bit of news on, on Saturday to um, bulk up their lineup at the moment with a couple of guys that injured. And James Archer has had a made a career out of being a Wildcats killer, um, for years he was a real pain in our side, um.
2: Every time you say the words James Archer I, I have Vietnam flashbacks of that Manchester Phoenix semi-final. Yeah. Jimmy Five. Give me so,
1: yeah. So we know it's going to be tough. We know it's a big pad. You know, we know, you know we know that it's going to be a tough game. But I think there's going to be there's obviously massive motivation for the boys to bounce back and try and, you know, get some momentum going again after, you know, a tough weekend. and. The same at home to Peter, but we know they're a tough side, they're a very different phantom side, but they're equally the same in that we know we know what Soladla going to throw at us. We know they've got deep the solid netminding, we know they've got solid defence. Morgan Clark Pizzo looks like he's gonna be a real fawn in the side of sides. you know it's quick, he's putting up points. Um, I think he's made a real impact already on that Phantoms team. Um So yeah, it's going to be two tough games, but equally, equally, there's you know ample opportunity
0: there to bounce back and hopefully get some points on the board. Go super quick one. How do we stop Sean Norris?
2: You don't. (laughs) Simple, simple answer. You don't. I've watched that guy tear teams apart for three years, and yeah, nobody's been able to stop it yet. MK are a weird one. Much like us, they haven't really got going. They've struggled to put pucks in the net so far. They've struggled to keep them out at the other end. So they're in a similar boat to us, really. Peterborough seems to blow hot or cold at the moment. Obviously, they got shut out in that first game at the Bison, then went and beat the Lightning, lose to the, the bees on Saturday, and then came back and beat the Raiders. So it depends which Phantom's team turns up. Depends which Mark wants to turn up, and for us if we want to get through the rest of the Open Cup, every game from now on is a game seven. That's the mentality we have to go into. If you want to get through to the next round, every game is game seven. You cannot lose now. And if they do that, not only are they getting a semi-final out of it, but it's good momentum for when the league campaign starts on the 15th.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Tom, now it's your favourite part of the week. My part have of you part prepared of the... this I think... week? I
1: think I have. Um, so... Go! The Swiddle Wildcats are playing again on Friday night this time, hopefully, in Milton Keynes, Maybe. depending on ice pads and petrol and the like, with a, I believe, 7 o'clock face-off in uh, Milton Keynes. I haven't checked that one, but um, yeah, so the Wildcats are in Milton Keynes. Obviously, tickets available via the Milton Keynes Lightning, and I assume they will probably be streaming. They usually do. Um, And then we return to the link on Saturday for our usual 6.30 face-off, this time against the Peterborough Phantoms. um, As we, um, yeah, take on the Peterborough Phantoms in the Awesome Cup again, tickets and streams are available on the Wildcats website. Um, And then it's, yeah, and then another Sunday off. So,
0: yeah. Do you you want to tell him um, or shall I? Joe, you look a bit frustrated. I'm going to uh, I'm gonna let you do
2: do, it. do do you want to tell him or shall I?
0: I'm going to let you do it. It's
2: an 8 o'clock face-off on Friday. So... Is it?
1: 8 no. o'clock face-off. There we go. 8 o'clock face-off in Milton Keynes.
2: <laughs> One, One of night. these weeks. One of these in, weeks we'll in, it.
1: Fairness, in fairness, I'm on the Milton Keynes Lightning website and I was looking at a, a difference between the Wildcats game. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> the the, that, the like, next time that, we go to that, Milton is Keynes no is a 7 o'clock face-off that's where I got confused. I saw the I saw the logo. I saw seven o'clock, and I didn't check the date. So yes, eight o'clock face-off in Milton Keynes. At least I'm telling people to get there early so they you know won't miss the game. I was going to say yeah. I'll be, be in, worse.
0: in in fairness, if you are listening and you have just thought I'm going to get to Milton Keynes for seven, uh, the I believe the official response is blame Tom. Yes.
2: So yes, yeah, to be fair, Tom, are... Tom's used to it because we have to tell him every time we record. You tell him fifteen minutes earlier than we're actually recording because that way yeah. he'll be on time.
1: So yes, Swindon, Milton Keynes, Friday night 8 o'clock, ice pad um, depending, and then Saturday night 6.30 at the link against the Peterborough Phantoms. There we go, that's the Wildcats weekend and let's hope it's a more it's more fruitful than
2: the last one. Yep, Joe, before I wrap this up, anything else from yourself? Nothing really, just, you know, enjoy your hockey week's ends, people. Friday and Saturday night, possibly. Friday in the swimming pool, Saturday at an ice rink. And hopefully, touch wood, if nothing else goes horrifically wrong the week after, you get all three of us at two games. We might even do something special for it.
0: Oh, little public service announcement about that one. Book your tickets for Basingstoke early. Mm. Just yes, early. The away block seems small nowadays, I think is the word yes just the public um, service announcement
2: but that, that's because half of it's slidden downhill <laughs>
0: yes. yeah we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks time mm-hmm. uh yeah that kind of brings us to the end of episode 25 uh again i'm just gonna just gonna remind everyone we're still taking any name possible from the world of the wildcats that you might want to listen to on the podcast uh please fire it away even if you tell us in person it doesn't matter just just tell us um but yeah, uh, keep sharing, keep subscribing, and like Joe said, enjoy the hockey this weekend. We'll be back next week with hopefully a uh, a more of a more of a positive episode, shall we say? But until then, stay safe, fill your cars up if you need to. If you don't need to, don't worry about it, and uh, we'll see you. We'll see you soon.